0: Um, Welcome to another edition of Cybersecurity Chronicles. I'm joined today by Stanley Lee and Sean Mahoney of NetSwitch. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you, James. Hey, James. Good
0: to be back. Absolutely good to be back. And again, important news events happening right now that are all affecting the critical infrastructure and supply chain in the US. (laughs) (laughs) Stop laughing, it's not (laughs) funny. It's (laughs) it's not a laughing matter, is it, Sean? Um, We But, I mean, it happens so often that it you know people can become very complacent about this. But why don't you kick off and just update us on what's happening for anybody that is not aware of what's going on? And then let's talk about the implications of it. Um.
2: This seems like our favorite topic, ransomware. Uh, you know, we just can't seem to get away from it anymore lately. And there's a reason for that. it's It's profitable for the bad guys. Um, and it's easy for them now. <laughs> It's becoming easier, and these these payouts that they're getting on the ransomware attacks are really just kind of funding their enterprise. And uh, this latest thing with with the Colonial Pipeline is uh, was a ransomware as a service uh, attack. So you know, just like everybody's using software as a service or uh, platform as a service or whatever they're buying as a service as part of their IT infrastructure so are the bad guys they're buying services they're paying for somebody else to do the hard work and they just go and exploit it so uh yeah so this colonial pipeline thing is a is a critical infrastructure attack uh here within the United States it is a supply chain attack and in this particular case this was not a b2b supply chain specifically this was a b2c supply chain where the consumers US consumers were directly affected by this ransomware attack and what the results of it were. So we've seen a lot of it was social media driven. There were a lot of things put into place to remediate the impact of the ransomware attack on the pipeline to keep the fuel flowing. But in the larger picture, it shows just how fragile supply chains are and specifically for small and mid-sized businesses, Colonial Pipeline is part of the critical infrastructure. There aren't, There isn't another company that can go, hey, we'll just turn our pipeline on and fuel will be fine on the East Coast. So the product from Colonial Pipeline is not fungible. Small and mid-sized businesses deal in products oftentimes that are fungible. And if you have a problem and delivering product to your customers, I'll just go to the guy down the street. I'll go to my brother-in-law. I'll, I'll go so to somebody else that's not let, you. Let's
1: tell our audience what is the consequences for consumer and small businesses. The price well, this, of the oil went up in, double in days. Yeah, so fuel costs. from $3 uh, uh, to 6 something. The fuel costs went up,
2: and there are people that are profiting from this in the supply chain. But it's really just supply and demand. If, if there's not enough supply, costs are going to go up. Uh, businesses are paying more for the supply of it. We saw this earlier this year when the the energy grid went down in Dallas, and, or excuse me, down in Texas, you know, energy was at a, at a valuable resource. So costs, in order to get as many people wanted it, costs went up. People got hit with huge supply bills. But in this particular case, ransomware illustrates that the consumer ends up paying more for the product. Colonial Pipeline is paying more to remediate the problem uh, and fortunately, it seems that they were able to have stopped it before it became disastrous for their organization. But they also have the resources to have that sort of thing in place. They also have the support of the government to make sure that they have the resources to respond to this sort of incident. Small biz- mid-sized businesses don't always have those, but it doesn't have to be expensive to put the right tools in place. So, Stanley, what are some of the easy Easy, low-hanging fruit things that somebody can do to help protect themselves.
1: Well, from technically speaking, always you know you got to look at your backup, right? Because now ransomware happens everywhere, and you know you don't know when you're gonna get hit. The first thing we always advise people look at the backup. And then the way that we basically offer, well, we don't even offer; we give it to our clients. Is it, look, you know, the easiest way to have triple layers of backup. It's just to set up some sort of localized server, you know in the office and or one at the and then another one on the cloud. And the third is just buy a USB external USB type of hard drive, multiple of them, and store them at home at at your bank safe or wherever that is offsite. So you have three layers at least in three layers. And people ask me how much would that cost? I said altogether, probably less than thirty, forty dollars a month um, mm-hmm. per users. Depends on what size and what kind of surfaces. There are a lot of actually very low costs, and we're talking about some of them are open source product out in the market space, but depends on your IT infrastructure or your IT team, how much resource and what is the depth of their knowledge, understanding you know, the IT side as well as cyber uh, security side to set all this up. And so that cost might vary. But the key thing to, well, you know, I've been in this industry for so long and so many times I hear people come in to us in the last minute after they got hacked, after they got ransomware and say, oh, you know what, Stanley, my backup doesn't work. We tried. I, You know, it's like, and we keep telling people you got to have a drill every quarterly, you got to have a drill, you got to set up an environment where you can test your data, your backup data, you know, and then also what we recommend it's why multiple drives so you can store different periods a quarterly basis. Because nowadays the ransomware, it could go on, it could have already happened in your network up to over 200 days. Or even more than two hundred days before it get detected, before some of those antivirus, uh, have, you know, those antivirus software, anti-malware software, picked up those malware within your network. That's how long it takes. That's how long it stay in your network until it get detected. So that's why we always recommend to have multiple USB drive and store it in quarterly basis. So in Good. case that you get ransomware attack today that you can go back three months, six months, nine months, and even up to a year. And how much is one of those, you know, hot drive, USB external drive costs? Right. 60 bucks. That's... I saw one for two terabytes the other day for $58. There you go. It's... Two terabytes. I know. That's a lot of data that you can yeah. store. And there's no excuse not to to do the backup, you know, in, in – what I recommend it. And it's and not even
2: just for ransomware, Stanley, just completely away from cybersecurity. Information data integrity, there's a thing called bit rot. Sometimes data gets corrupted in the transmission. There's just inconsistencies the with the data and it when you go to upload it again, you've got bad
1: data. And bad data creates more bad data. So and that, just, that was my other point I want to yeah. emphasize again and again is do the test, do the drill set up an environment, test it. And we all understand a lot of times that we get so busy, these type of things overlooked. And so we put it on our ticketing system. We send it out as a reminder for everybody. So it's in the system and people, if they don't have a ticketing system, put it on your calendar. It's just part of the drill that needs to be exercised all the time. Right.
2: You know, with all these cloud storage devices now, with the subscription for Microsoft, you have the OneDrive, you can backup data, or the SharePoint, you can backup data, it's it's part of your subscription, it's part of your licensing now, um, and whether it's in Microsoft Windows, or you're using a Google uh, suite, a G suite comes with a G drive for the company to use, or for the accounts to use there's just so many different ways to back up da- user data and then the the ways you're talking about of you backing up company data within the cloud and company data within a within a portable drive
1: yeah and then move up the ladder in the supply chain to so when it gets to the bigger company now there are so many automation tools that can right. test type and then deploy. Mm-hmm. and one of the solutions that we work with basically copy the your entire thing and it uh, enterprise into the cloud. And then within 15 minutes, it can restore your enterprise data back into action. Yes, it is costly, it's not for everybody, but we just keep scratching our head. Why are all those big company like this oil pipeline, it's not that they lack of financial resource to deploy all this tool. And it really comes down to communications, and we talk to compliance managers, compliance consultants, to the banks in which they have a lot of resources. But then then the thing is that, and you know, flat out, they told me that they just don't communicate. The compliance consultant telling me, you know, when they work with the bank, they don't communicate with the IT and they don't communicate with the CISO. So it becomes so politicalized within an organization. Nobody wants to talk to each other. Everybody's, you know, it. They look at themselves as an enemy. We we call it the regulation technology battle. <laughs> it's yeah. a battle between the auditors and the technologists, and I seen it across everywhere. And all the you know expertise that I talk to, none of them come back and to me that say I'm lying. It. They say that has become such a huge problem inside the corporation and allowing the hackers or the hacker enterprises to take advantage of our lack of communications, lack of trust among ourselves and lack of collaborations. And that's yeah. why we see all these cases every day. I get numb looking at this already, but and then again, it's because now a lot of, from the business owner, business executive point of view, that they don't want to start this conversation because they always think, oh, there's a lot of money involved. It's very expensive to do this and that, but they just never look hard enough. They don't want to spend the time to communicate with the IT. And then of course the IT on the other side, that they, you know, they say, oh, you know what, I'm getting my job. I don't want to keep telling the executive doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know what I told Sean when he started in the industry? I said, what do we do best as an IT people? We nag. nag. <laughs> Nagging. And I'm sure a lot of audience, if they're in, the, in, in our role, they understand what I'm talking about. And then, of course, a lot of business executives just turn into deaf ears because they always think that you know what we're doing is always spending money, spending money. Mm-hmm. And now you know, it comes to this type of consequences. Yeah, they don't want to spend the money or they don't want to communicate. You know what? You're going to get ransomware. We are promoting ransomware everywhere at this point.
0: So, sta- so Stanley and Sean, I mean, i would made the point that actually money is not the issue in the, in the slightest here, right? Because you, you could be free to do all this, and it virtually is free. Mm-hmm. And People still wouldn't do it. Nope. Because there's no and motivation. The there's no intrinsic desire, motivation for this. to. This is important for them.
1: That's- well, you you hit it right on, and that's why I asked Sean, "What is the consequences?" Earlier on this podcast, right? You know, it's, I I've been trying to pushing this point to all the consumers. It really starting from us, even though we don't do IT, we just a regular regular day, you know, workers. I'm in in this society, but it still impact us. And it's just for an example, Facebook, which is a company I don't like. I don't still don't have a Facebook account and i try not to you know go in <laughs> near them they don't even take the personal privacy seriously and several years and then and now it rehappened again the facebook data leak it's not that they don't have the money they know what needs to be done to just protecting all the consumers password they just don't do it because they think they can get away with it that's what's happened now and yes, in one hand that the, all the regulations, of course, you know, it's like, oh my God, it's more regulations. But again, on the other hand is because all those enterprises don't want to do it, don't keep pushing it down the road. Let the next CEO, let the next CISO, let the next compliance officer to deal with it. And that's what's happening. We are promoting it. We are promoting the hacking activities. So they keep kicking this important subject. You know, down the road, and who's going to hurt? Well, we are the consumer. We are the one that's hurting. You
2: know, there there's so many things that a business owner or a business manager do to protect their business in other aspects. You know, to protect their employees, to protect their customers, to make sure they do business the right way. And, and this is this is really just a cost of doing business in today's interconnected digital world there's a cost of doing business. And, and this may drive your prices up a little bit, but in some cases we're starting to see that consumers in particular would pay a little bit more for their secure. And that's really kind of goes to the social responsibility of the businesses to take their consumers data as seriously as they do their own. So you know, for small mid-sized businesses, this is no different than everything else you do for your business. Protect the information.
1: I think go back to your point James is why we telling the consumers or you know small business owner to do this is we got to give them you know continue to give the large enterprise the pressure. And even though I don't like regulations, small regulations. But unfortunately, that's what it takes to get all these large enterprises to do the right thing for the society, to take on their part of the social <laughs> responsibilities. And that's why you know, I advocate people to just shut down their Facebooks because that they don't do their part of the deal. And meanwhile, they are making billions of dollars out of our privacy data, but they just don't want to do anything to protect it.
2: You know' Until uh, now. Yeah <laughs> you know, we've talked about CMMC before the cybersecurity maturity modeling for the DoD contractors, and the reason that they went to CMMC for the DoD was because, I think it was nine of the 10 top contractors for the Defense Department said they were cybersecurity compliant. When they were audited, nine of ten of them failed cybersecurity compliance. They wouldn't even, pe- they would not have survived a pen test. We'd have had a field day with the pen test tool, t- Stanley. I know. So when but it was self-attestation, they felt that if they had backups and they had antivirus and they had some other monitoring tools, they were good. But when the DOD said, no, these are the standards we want to benchmark against, let's see how you do they failed miserably and it was NIST and CIS standards that they were testing against and so you know that's why regulation from the DOD came down and in a lot of ways stanley james this is this is coming for everybody it's going to become part of all business regulation i think for the us in particular and a lot of other countries if you're going to do business business to business and be a good partner you have to have certain things in place and we deal with small business mid-sized businesses all the time and they can be very affordable it's not expensive it's not difficult it's not difficult to do Once you start, it's difficult to start. And that's really kind of where we play the role is kind of holding their hand and walking them from where they are today to where they need to be to be a good supply chain partner. It's not difficult. It's not terribly expensive. There's a lot of free tools out there. You just need the know-how. And that's what people like us provide, know-how.
1: Yeah, and then I think that, you know, we can talk about this again and again. And I think we finally, you know, wrap this up. Yeah, you don't have to do anything and just prepare, you know, to pay out the ransomware. It's not if, it's going to be when, and you just need to prepare $312,493 as your slash fund and prepare for your attack. With, and with, that is the average cost of 2020 of ransomware attack and the oh, average oh,
0: oh and you have to be able to buy it in bitcoin good luck right
1: yeah with, which is going, You're gonna be able to buy no, it bitcoin okay. you up, know up, thanks up, for up. elon musk and yeah, you know yeah. he just crashed the bitcoin yesterday <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's another showman yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway so yeah good luck and yeah have that three hundred twelve thousand ready on your slash fund or just you know spend 40 bucks a month and get your backup ready
0: <laughs> so, so sean where should yeah. how, how can people get in touch with you if they want to take the first step or at least get some uh, have a conversation with you about what they should do
2: they can visit us at netswitch.net they can email me at sean s e a n dot m at netswitch.net happy to have a conversation with you doesn't cost you anything i'm always have information for you and if we need to get other people on the call Happy to do that too. Just start a conversation.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks both. Um, I, again, an important conversation. We will certainly come back to it. Hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere, anywhere anytime soon. It is indeed. So thanks again for your time, both uh, Sean and Stan today. Appreciate hey, thanks, James. Thanks, James. Bye, Sean.